This is the Oanda Podcast. Brought to you by Jazz FM's Business Breakfast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast. I'm Johnny Hart. Each week we review and preview the big business and market stories with Oanda Senior Market Analyst Craig Earlham. And it is a very good morning to Craig. What an incredible week it has been. I think we said that a few times, but even by Brexit standards, I don't think even you could have predicted last week that Boris Johnson would get a new deal. Were you surprised? Yeah, I mean, I think if I'd have predicted it last week, it definitely would not have happened. Um, well, you've got form, let's face it. Exactly, especially with Brexit. I mean, yeah, it, it's been it's been incredible. I mean, we all knew that the, the summit was happening on Thursday and Friday, so we all knew that a deal kind of had to happen by this day. But I think more, more, more people probably thought that a deal just wasn't going to happen, that talks were going to collapse and we were going to go into this, going into Parliament on Saturday and talking about extensions. We wouldn't be talking about a deal. Now, I still think we're going to be talking about extensions um but it is amazing that we have got a deal the only question became after the deal arrived and this we all remember this actually started a week ago the market reaction started a week ago so when boris johnson met leo vrag and we were talking about this i think last week on the podcast the pathway to a possible deal i was very skeptical about that the possible the use of the word possible in there made me very skeptical um it sounded very promising it sounded very optimistic and the, the markets have just basically especially the pound has just rallied since that meeting and 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 they found a deal the question was and this was the same question we had last week and I don't think it's been out well I think it probably has been answered to this, at this point is how much did Boris sell out the DUP in order to get this deal over the line uh, because there was clearly a difference between what the DUP want and what the EU wanted and it seems based on the noises we're hearing that the DUP want back a deal that he sold them out enough that they just can't get behind it which now brings the question of whether he's going to have the numbers in parliament on Saturday to uh, pass this deal or whether this is just a charade en route to an election. And because of those um, thoughts coming out of the DUP camp, even as we speak, they said, absolutely not, and we're not going to vote for the deal. Uh, The pound has slipped back a bit, hasn't it? I mean, some incredible rises actually since Monday. Uh, what sort of percentages are we talking about between Monday and yesterday, Thursday? Yeah, it was 6 or 7% that the, the, the yeah. pound rose against the dollar. So that's quite... I mean, people always underestimate how big that is. So... In stocks terms, it's not very big. In Bitcoin terms, it's irrelevant. It is a boring Monday morning when you're talking Bitcoin. But in the currency markets, that's huge. Just just for perspective, the pound fell 10% in the immediate aftermath of the referendum. And that was unbelievable. So we've risen 6 or 7% this week. So I mean, that, that that's really, really, really considerable. Um, but as you say, that happened over five days. That didn't happen like the referendum in in the space of a day or in the space of 12 hours. So why the reason why the pound has pulled back is pretty much twofold. There's the old adage in the market, buy the rumour, sell the fact. Uh, this has been building for a week and the pound has been pricing it in for a week. So when it actually happened, when we knew what the deal was, then all of a sudden you see kind of profit taking kick in. So you see the knee-jerk reaction and then traders are kind of like, well, what else is there to come? What else is there to price in right now? Nothing. It's been announced. It's exactly exactly what we expected or it's in line with what we were pricing in so therefore the market pulls back a bit when you start to see some profit taking then there was the dup announcement as well which did uh, aid 
I, I would say the profit taking which was the DUP said they wouldn't back the deal so all of a sudden it becomes clear that Boris Johnson is going to really struggle to get the uh, to get the numbers in Parliament the, the, the parliamentary arithmetic as it's being touted is not in his favour and therefore this is going if we think the, the, this, this soap opera is going to end just because he's got a deal I think we're kidding ourselves I, I think that there's a good chance we're heading for an extension unless what Jean-Claude Juncker said yesterday is accurate which is if the EU27 tell the UK that there will be no extension, that it's this or no deal, then I think he'll get it over the line. And that's what Boris Johnson's pushing for. But I really struggle to see a scenario whereby they do that because until now, they have not wanted to be offering ultimatums to the UK because they don't want to be the bad guys in case no deal happens. Uh, But that also puts the responsibility on the opposition for a no-deal Brexit. If they actually rule it out tomorrow in the big vote, uh, well, there are... A number of permutations that could happen. Mm-hmm. We could have another vote with a referendum, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but Boris Johnson's quite a good position here, really, because he's got his deal, mm-hmm. which was against practically everybody's expectations. He's done it before the deadline, and now the onus is on everyone else. So even if it doesn't go through Parliament tomorrow, and even or if it does, he's still a winner. Yeah. So I mean, we've all seen Brexit flowcharts. And the the deal has created an entirely new flowchart. And don't worry, it's f- just as complex as the rest of them. There's just as many permutations. It's just as impossible to read and just as boring. And I love a probably, good flowchart. Oh, I mean, we all do in Brexit. Brexit flowcharts is the is just the place to be. Um, but there's there's so many things that could happen. And you know what? We're not going to talk about them all now, partly because we don't have enough time and partly because we just don't know. There's always new strands that come off uh, as the days and weeks pass by. Now, if, if the EU 27 were to give us an ultimatum and basically say it's this deal, no deal, or revoke, Parliament does not have the guts to revoke without going to a second referendum. And if they're giving us that option, then there's no time for a second referendum either. So I think what we see in that scenario is we see a lot uh, 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 of uh, of people not voting. So, uh, but aren't you are you suggesting that there might be another, say, Saturday sitting, something like that, an extraordinary sitting? So what happens is it doesn't go through uh, this Saturday. It goes back to the EU. And uh, as you suggest, they said there's not going to be any extension mm-hmm. and then he bring it back to Parliament after that. Well, it depends if the EU speak today and tell us that there's not going to be an extension. But I think then there'll be a lot of MPs abstaining because if you're Jeremy Corbyn or many of the other the people yeah. in the Labour Party who've said we need a second referendum on, the, on, the, on any deal uh, and we can't back any deal without a second referendum, then you're not going to vote for a deal, but you're also not going to vote for, to revoke it, to revoke uh, Article 50 because you don't want to be seen as overriding the will of the people. So what you'll do is you'll abstain and then th- then Boris Johnson will get the numbers based purely on the people who are in the Leave constituencies and the Conservative Party. Dangerous so, calculation, though, for the opposition, isn't it, really? Because they, I mean, they're already, they're, they're, fe- they're sitting on the fence, on the fence. Everything's a dangerous calculation, yeah. but it is all calculated. So you know if I'm abstaining, I'm not stopping this going through. You know it's going through. You're not objecting. You're just putting yourself in a very political, in, in this political neutral ground, you're the political Switzerland in, in many ways. You said off air before that you didn't think that there was going to be a vote for the deal on Saturday. So um, I'm def- So it's definitely going through then. Uh, well, <laughs> um, let's see. But it's not out of the question, isn't it? Because you mentioned the Labour MPs in those Brexit constituencies. They're a sizable number. We know the Kate Hoeys and the John Manns who are definitely going to vote 
uh, for Boris Johnson's deal because they're leaving as MPs anyway and they've always been Brexiteers. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're talking about 20 to 30 Labour MPs who may vote for it. So it's a considerable number of Labour MPs that need to go against the whip because the, the, the word in the street is also that they're going to uh, they're going to whip MPs. But basically, if you remember, not so long ago, it feels like an, an age ago, uh, when the Conservatives um, employed the whip and Conservative MPs voted with the opposition to uh, force an extension, mm. um, they were effectively kicked out of the Conservative Party. They might be um, coming back in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, I mean, so Labour are apparently employing the whip on this. So which MPs are going to go against the whip and risk being kicked out of the party? And the numbers are difficult. And are they going to do it if they don't think it's going to make a difference, if they don't think a deal's going to get through? For me, which, like I say, therefore it's probably wrong, I feel that they're not going to have the numbers. The, the, the absence of the DUP is not going to give them numbers. And if there's the if there's members of the ERG that up until now have said, we can't back any deal that the DUP doesn't back, if they don't think the numbers are there, then they won't vote with it either because they're not going to put their neck on the line if it's not going to be worth the while. Um, and I, th- I feel like we're go- they're going to vote against it. But it's not the end of the world for Boris Johnson. You say, as you said, he's in an extremely strong position because he doesn't really need this to pass. Uh, if this doesn't pass, then yes, we're left in a position where we're, we're getting an extension. He doesn't have to be the person to request that. He can stand by his pledge. And then he's fighting an election on, I literally got a deal mm. that didn't keep the entire of the UK in the, backs, in, in the backstop. I literally got a deal that the EU said couldn't happen. I reopened the withdrawal agreement. I did all the things that people said was impossible. And then the MPs on the other side of the house blocked it because they are against you this is the perfect position for him to be fighting an election on and um i agree i agree to a certain point but the problem for him is he's got a number of opposition parties against him for all sorts of different reasons brexit party liberal democrats labor smp and so on Uh, they've all got their own agenda so they might squeeze that tory vote and actually form a coalition of sorts even if it's a minority government coalition um after whenever the election is, it's a dangerous game, really, isn't it? So the way I the way I see this is you're 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 looking at an election. And it almost reminds me of kind of Italian politics or uh, a number of these other countries where you have many many parties. But we're, we're kind of used to two party politics. Yeah. Whereas when we're, we're now the Lib Dems have got a considerable number and the Brexit Party could get a considerable number. But it doesn't really matter because all that matters is you've got to separate them into two camps. There's the want to leave part uh, side of uh, of parliament which is the conservatives and the brexit party and then there's the want a second referendum slash remain side of it which is the labor party the lib dems the smp um uh, 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 and it's a case of who has more votes so if you have a all you need in parliament for boris johnson to get his deal through he needs the conservatives and the brexit party to get a majority between the two of them in the next election and the DUP, but then the DUP aren't voting with his deal. Yeah. Whereas I, I don't it, see the, the, the risk yeah. is that the opposition, the opposition parties, and the, the, get the majority because then there's a considerable chance that you actually end up with a second referendum. You might, and I don't see the Brexit Party winning any seats. They're just going to take some of the votes away from the Conservatives. The Liberal Democrats might get some more seats because of that. And as I said. Boris Johnson's finished. So it is an extremely difficult thing to calculate. But um, I know you've been hard on yourself saying you're never right about these things. But, you know, you know, what's the saying? Even a stop clock, it tells the time <laughs> correctly twice a day. Is there going to be an election in the next, say, six weeks? It's really difficult. So in the time of year now, are they going to want to hold an election before Christmas? 
Probably not because it's they just have the to wrong... give six weeks' notice anyway, don't they? Yeah, and it's the wrong time of year to be having an election. But what has been conventional about Brexit? Absolutely mm. nothing. It wouldn't surprise me if the election is literally on Christmas Day. Just, just, <laughs> just to really take the take the. I think pick. the turnout would be rather small. It, it, I, 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 to be honest, it's Brexit. I, I wouldn't even bank on that. I mean, I certainly wouldn't bother going to the. But in a the, sense, what the election will be will be a, in, in a sort of a referendum on Brexit anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's literally how the parties are positioning themselves. The Brexit party don't stand for anything else. The Lib Dems are the Remain party. They're not even a second referendum party. They are the Remain party, and you, you can't, you don't, you, you, you can't really associate them with too much else beyond that because everyone's obsessed with, uh, with with Brexit. You're literally putting people in brackets based on how they feel about Brexit. Um, the only difference, obviously, is um, it, it is with Labour because they are trying to change the topic and they are try. I mean, the Conservatives obviously if you look at their latest uh, like their kind of manifesto they are trying to also talk about other things in the same way that the Labour Party did it in 2017 but the other parties they it's very Brexit centric tough time to be a businessman a speculator an investor to play the markets it's uh, a commentator yeah a commentator <laughs> well it's great for you of course because there's always plenty to say uh, shall we leave Brexit now for no the, let's carry on and, uh, we're going to carry on <laughs> Just before you go, actually, Craig, I just want to say there are other things apparently happening. Um, yeah, we've got the latest numbers for the Chinese economy. A bit disappointing. Uh, 6% rather than 6.1% growth, which was uh, predicted. And that uh, slowdown, uh, despite government efforts to support the economy, including measures such as uh, tax cuts, uh, etc. And, of course, the ECB is meeting next week as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the Chinese number, yeah, I mean, it was below expectations, but it's not altogether surprising. And the fact that they're still squeezing out growth above 6% or at 6% is actually... We dream of that, don't we? Can you imagine? <laughs> uh, it, it's still it, it's still some going, so... We're not talking. Uh, we're not talking catastrophic events when we're when we're when we're discussing China, but obviously it is heading in the wrong direction. The ECB next week, I feel like it's going to be a bit of a non-event. It's Mario Draghi's final meeting, so there is going to be that kind of party atmosphere, I guess. I'm sure there'll, be, there'll, there'll probably be okay. There may even be a protester or two. Yeah. Um, it's But they, they announced their stimulus package at the last meeting, so what more are they really going to do at this meeting? There's no economic projections. I think it's going to be a bit of a quiet end to Mario Draghi's term. Um, they... they I like to say they they announced a big stimulus package. There was QE, there was a rate cut, there was TLTROs, um, there was talk of uh, there, there was obviously the suggestion with regards to negative rates at banks and ways to alleviate that pain. What else is there that they can announce one month later? Uh, nothing. It, it's going to be a quiet one. Next week, I think, is just going to be dominated by the same two topics, that three topics that everything's being dominated by right now, which is Brexit, trade war, and earnings season, which started this week and will really start to pick up some pace now. I've just had an idea. I think we should do an additional podcast earlier next week rather than on the Friday because we uh, know so many things could happen between now and then. Do you agree to that? Yeah, I mean, uh, let, let's do it. It'll probably be outdated by the time it actually goes live, like this one, <laughs> but I mean, let, let, let's give it a go. This is Listen to this while it's still fresh is the answer. Yeah, live, I think, <laughs> is, the, is probably the time to, to, okay. to, to do it. Hopefully we'll speak again uh, pretty soon. Have a good weekend. You too, mate.
was the Oanda podcast from the team behind Jazz FM's Business Breakfast, a daily early morning 30-minute briefing for the day ahead. On air from 6am. Listen to Jazz FM on DAB, online or just ask Alexa.